How's everybody doing this morning? You good? You ready to hear the word of the Lord? God's presence is just so special here today, man. And I want you to understand that I've been in many services where people will be in the presence of God or even the pastor boy, the presence. And I just don't quite connect or feel it. Can I just encourage you to keep pressing in? Because it's not about feelings. It's about faith in God's word. God loves to visit his people. He loves to be with us. I think if you had the understanding that God is looking forward to your time that you put aside daily and spend with him. But then Sundays are the day we celebrate what we call the Lord's Day, of course. And it's a time just for us to come together. And I know what happens for me when I'm in a, in a group like this. My faith is encouraged. I mentioned somebody just spoke just a couple of nice words to me just encouraging my heart, and I hope you leave today encouraged in your faith in God. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible, go ahead and let's turn to, let's see, we're going to be in Mark 4 and Exodus 14. We're going to read Mark 4 first. There's just a couple of anchor texts this morning, and to be honest, I have probably seven different titles for this message this morning. (laughs) I kept going back and forth. I kept thinking of something different. But really, what is your turning there? What I really want you to know this morning is God wants to bless you. God desires to bless your life. We're going to talk about what a blessing is in just a little bit. But this is what's been on my heart the last few days as I thought about what the direction of the Holy Spirit and the direction of the Lord um, for our church today. And I want to talk about not just being blessed, but living in the blessing of God. And I'm not talking about an encounter or a moment where you say, you know, God, you blessed me or God, you came through for me in this area on occasion. But I want our church and even my life individually to get to the place where answered prayer and blessings are a normal course of my everyday life because that is possible. Church, I don't think there's anything worse than being blessed and not knowing how or why you're blessed, because when you don't know the how and the why, you can't replicate it in your own life or duplicate it in the life of your family or the people that you're in close relationship with. So in my opinion, there's nothing worse than just looking around your life and saying, man, what blessings God has bestowed upon me, but I don't really know how or why. Understand as I talk about this subject this morning, we're going to get into kind of a different gear here in just a moment. But understand as I talk about something this morning is God's grace, as we understand in the Bible, there's what's called covering grace. In other words, it rains on the just and the unjust. God is a gracious God. He's gracious to everyone. But there is a place in God that we can find where his blessings overtake us. Not that we're chasing after blessings, but the scripture literally says that his blessings will follow you and overtake you. Why? Because you're pursuing him. And the blessings come along with him. He's a good God. Amen? Amen. Can I tell you something this morning? God's blessings are not automatic. But God will bless anyone who seeks him. God's blessings, if you have the mentality that, well, God's blessings just happen or they're automatic, I came to tell you this morning that that's not necessarily the truth. God has shown us how to live in the land of blessing. Amen? I, can, I, can anybody share this with me? I want all of God's blessing. Amen. I want it all. I want, I want all of it on my family, on this church, on me individually. And God is delighted to bless us. God delights in doing good. I mentioned it before, Psalm 
119 verse 68 says, God is good and he does good. Why is that important to understand as we get into the word this morning? It's important to understand because if you follow him and you're right there with him, it's important to understand that God is good and he does good. Why is that important? Listen, because instead of trying to convince God to do something we think isn't what he wants to do, the exact opposite is true. And when you come to God, you understand that he wants to bless your life more than maybe you even want your life blessed. And when you pray and align yourself with God's word and his will and follow him in obedience, listen to me, your life will be blessed. Everybody say blessed. Once you make that, that God wants to, God desires to, God is good and God does good, when you make that a foundation of your life, it will open your heart and mind to God working in a whole new way. You have to believe that God desires. Listen, that will make all the difference in the world in your relationship with God. That will make all the difference in the world in who he wants to show himself to you to be. And you, you might say this morning, I just want to remind you that we serve a supernatural God with supernatural power, with supernatural answers for your everyday problems. How many need a supernatural God this morning? Yes. Amen. Look down here at your scripture. We're going to start here in Mark. We're going to start in Mark and go down to verse 39. You may have to change the, switch the page there and we'll give you a minute to do that. I just have a few anchor texts that I want to jump into. And really, my title I finally settled on is be still, everybody say be still, and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. The scriptures we're getting ready to read show us two of many places in the word where the word from God was to just be still. How many have a problem being still? Oh, be honest with me. How many have a problem? You're having a problem right now. That's why we keep these services to a certain length of time unless God has other plans because I understand something about all of us. Listen, especially in the day and age we live in. The day and age we live in, we are so distracted by noise. Some of you walk in, if I were to walk into your house, there's always something on. Listen, you go to dinners and if you watch other families, me, my family being guilty on occasion, even though we try to tell our kids, hey, let's everybody put our cell phones down. Let, let's let's kind of turn off the noise. You go into a restaurant, and now they, they don't just have one TV anymore. They've got 36, right? And every one of those TVs is playing something different. And I can't decide whether to turn this way or this way or look up or look that way or look to the left or behind me. My point and what I felt like God was really speaking to us and to me these last few days is sometimes you've just got to back up and be still and know that he is God. Look at, look at Mark 4. We're going to read down again into this story, and we're going to take it just a little out, just a couple scriptures out of the, the whole story. But verse 39, he got up, that being Jesus, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now take just a minute and turn to Exodus 14. If you don't know, that's in the beginning. (laughs) 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. First three books of the Bible. Exodus 14. Here we see the Israelites have come to a place where the enemy is closing quickly in on them. They're stuck between mountains on each side and a place where there's a river in front of them, mountains on each side, and an enemy that's barreling down on them with hundreds. The Bible literally says 600 of his best chariot horsemen and all the other troops are marching, coming down on the people of Israel. And I love what Moses says here because it ties together what I want to talk to you about today. Verse 13 of Exodus 14. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall again see no, no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Father, for these next few minutes, God, I just pray that you continue to move in this place. By the preaching of your word, God, as always, I just acknowledge that I need you. I need your anointing to be upon me, that whatever said of Jason Hanks would fall by the wayside. But God, whatever you say under the anointing of the Holy Spirit would go into the hearts of these people and create fruit in our lives. Today, God, I'm asking specifically for the fruit of answered prayer, the fruit of blessing, the fruit of your voice, the still small voice that speaks direction and love and acceptance and all the good things of the kingdom would be ours through the word of God that's spoken under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, we love and praise you in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Just look over at somebody and tell them, be still. That might be a word for some of you that have been up moving around. Be still. Here's a definition of still, or as Southerners say, it's steel. So if you're from the South, I'll say it your way, be still. If you're from the North like me, be still. Both are right, but still means unmoving, soundless. Serene, quiet, calm. The opposite of still is restlessness and disturbance. God said here in these passages, be still and stand still and you will see the salvation of your God. I think in one way or another, we all struggle with this right here of just being still. In this verse in Exodus, we just read, Moses tells the people, look, stand still. I mean, the last thing that I want to do when I'm afraid is to stand still and not figure it out or not try to work on it or not try to come up with a plan and a solution. Can I tell you something about God this morning? He's God all by himself. He is. He loves to figure out things for you and fight your battles for you. That's the kind of God that he is. What is our part according to scripture? Our part is to be still when God tells us to be still. Because church, what I kind of discovered reading this is right in the verses that come after when Moses says, look, people, don't be afraid. Be still. God is going to fight for you. He's going to deal with this enemy. And I love how the scripture says it. No more forever. Some of the things that have been chasing you down, God is trying to deal with no more forever, but he's trying to get you into a place of stillness, faith, and trust 
to just step back. Here, here's, here's the direction I took as I was studying this, and I'm going to do my best to try to make sense this morning because I pondered it. I, I did what I always do of just letting things ruminate and marinate and meditate and just think about this over and over again. Because if you read in the, in the passage directly after this, he says, hey, be still. And then God says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to move forward. I'm like, wait a second. Is it be still or is it move forward? There's a couple things that God began to show me as I thought about that. Number one this morning is that when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we can be moving forward in our growth and in everything with him. Can I tell you something this morning? When you begin to make a commitment to grow in him, you're going to have the enemy coming from somewhere. It's going to happen. He can't get to you and trip you up. He's going to come after somebody you love. It's just the way that he works. Understanding that, I began to think about the fact that it's, it's listening to the Holy Spirit because there's times to move forward. And when you get to a certain point, God's going to tell you to stop and be still and let him fight the battle on the outside that's coming against you. But can I tell you what the most important battle that most everybody in here is facing, according to what we just read? It's the battle right here inside. It is. This is the battle that, in other words, we can be moving, we can be still and let God fight the battle out here, whatever it is this morning. You may have a loved one that's not saved. You may have a family member that's off in addiction. You may have a loved one that something is going on, or you may have a health problem that you just found out about. Whatever it is, can I tell you, God desires to bless you and to fight that battle. But here's what I found. Even when God, by his sovereignty, tells me to stop and to be still and let him do my fighting, how many understand God's never lost a battle yet? He has not lost at all. So when he tells you that, here's what I found. The movement that I experience in my growth is internal. It's not external. So I can be standing still, trusting God to fight my battle, and still allow God to deal with fear and anxiety and worry and stress and all these things. That Where are those things happening? They're happening on the inside. We forget that God said he would fight your battle, but he expects us to, through prayer and through meditation and through clinging to his word, we need to take rulership over our minds. It's just to stop and to be still. And listen to me, to know and understand that every detail of your life, God cares about it. God is concerned about it. We say, God, you're only concerned about the the big bad doctor's reports, or you're only concerned about this, my job situation over here. You're only concerned about these areas of my life. And can I tell you this morning, God is concerned about everything. Can I tell you a funny story? Can I tell you a funny story? Most of you have been here a long time. You're like, you're going to tell it anyway. (laughs) It's a lengthy story, but I had to just laugh. Leah's kind of like, I don't know about this one. I finally got my truck back. You don't know, I I had a small accident in my truck. Two months they were fixing it. Not because it was damaged that bad, because they can't get parts, right? So I've been anxiously awaiting my truck, and it, I got a call late Friday afternoon. Didn't have time to make it down. It was down south of here about an hour at the shop. And uh, drove down early yesterday morning, got there, rides the doors open real quick, got 
But listen, on my way back home, I'm thinking about this scripture. Be still and know that I am God. That's just rolling over and over again in my heart and my mind. It had been for a few days, and I knew the direction that I was going for today. And uh, got here, began to study, began to type, began to pull out a couple things and pull my computer up and go into some of my concordances and look and do all the things I normally do. Leah happened to call me, and she said, oh, we're passing by. I'm with Hudson, my 16-year-old son that just started driving. And he said, we're, we're passing by. We're going to go get some pizza. Well, I hung up the phone. Within 60 seconds, I thought, I want some pizza. <laughs> so I said, are you there yet? She said, no. She, I said, give me, give me one slice of pepperoni. Just give me one slice, okay. Well, as I sat there and realized that my 16-year-old was driving, I didn't want him to have to turn into here and cross back over 19, right? How many understand 19? <laughs> ain't what it used to be. I've been here five years. Woo, come on, son. There's some people out there on that thing now. If you've got any youngins driving, say some extra prayers for them because there's not just people. There's some crazy people out there, me being one of them. Come on. Especially back in my big truck. I was driving a little small RAV4, and now I'm in my truck, so I'm, I'm, I'm just pushing everybody out of my way the last couple of days, just honking and... And I didn't want him, I didn't want him to have to go across the road. So I called my wife. I said, "Hey, I'm going to pull out and go to the other side of the road. Just swing by, hand me my pizza, pizza box with my one slice of pizza." You can probably imagine where this is going. I ended up not being able to pull in the little uh, uh, jewelry store on the right there. So I pulled into the Church of God that's right here across the street down the road. So she calls me when she is almost there, and she said, "Jason, I only have one box." Now, keep in mind, I've taken everything out of my car. I've taken everything out because I'm going to be without it for a period of time. She swings in. She said, what are you going to do with this? She had got me two slices, and all I have are my two hands. And she hands them out the window. They're in a hurry. She hands them out the window, and I didn't know what to do, so I put one up on the bed of my truck. Come on, you redneck. Come on. And I folded the other. They leave. So I'm standing in the parking lot of the church across the street with pizza grease dripping down my hands trying to quickly eat this because my thought was somebody's going to see me standing in a church parking lot eating pizza. I mean, I did. I prayed for it before I ate it. I will say that. And I, I thought to myself, I'm going to be mortified if somebody sees me out here. And right as I'm eating the last piece quickly, and I, and I did, I got into my truck, I have nothing to wipe my hands with. And I'm standing there in the parking lot, and I'd been meditating on this scripture, and I laughed at myself, and I first thought, I, Lord, I'm going to be mortified if somebody I know sees me. And then the second thought that came to me was, why don't you just stand and wait on the salvation of your God? And right as I had that thought, here came a car. I thought, Lord, I hope they're turning around. And they rolled down the window and they said, Hey, Pastor Jason, I thought that was you. What are you doing? And I got in the window and I said, Debbie, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And she looked at me and she said, Try me. So I just told her the whole story in a, in a Reader's Digest version of what I told you. But what was so cool is I said, do you have any paper towels? She said, I just put a whole roll right here in my back seat, 
let me tear these off and give them to you. And I left there and I said, Lord, you just showed me to be still and wait on the salvation of your God. You may say this morning, that was just, it probably was somewhat of a coincidence, but can I tell you, God sees us, God knows us, and almost, I had to laugh when I pulled out of there and I thought, Lord, you showed me this morning that there is nothing out of your eye, there's nothing out of your concern, there's not. Church, when, when we, listen to me, when we can step back and shut everything else off, the noise, the worries, the anxieties, the fears, everything that constantly just comes against us in this world. When you can just shut that off for just a moment, listen to me. God will lead you to the place that he has for you to finally take a stand. And when he says stop and stand and watch the salvation of your God, can I promise you something this morning? God's going to fight your battle for you. Some of you have been in here this morning just worship him, not understanding or knowing how something else in your life is going to work out. I got encouragement for you. God will fight your battle this morning. Sometimes we just need to step, stop and just be still and listen, know that is he that is God. Most of the trouble that I get into in my spiritual life is when I try to take on that role of God. In other words, we often tell him how we think something should be fixed and how we think something should be done and how we think something should go. What was the old saying? Just if you want to hear God laugh, just tell him your plans. I can tell you this morning that when I finally still myself and finally just allow him room enough and to back up, I begin to hear his voice afresh and anew begin to hear what he's speaking to me in this moment. What? To begin to declare, to begin to. Do you understand how important it is, especially in the day and time and age that we're living in, to get the direction of the Lord? We need to have the direction of God. In Joshua 9 and then back in (coughs) chapter 5, so chapter 9 and chapter 5, there's a story relating there of the people of God were in a very difficult circumstance. Why? Because they were getting defeated when God had said that they were going to win a victory over every single group of people that they fight. And that place was called Ai. And when they were defeated at Ai, Joshua finally backs up and he says, wait a second, we need to seek. And in that particular instance, it was because of sin back here. Come on, somebody. Listen, God forgives your sin, but we sometimes forget sin has consequences throughout our lifetime. In other words, you may be coming up on a battle and God just wants you to get still enough to begin to understand that there may be a consequence of defeat in some area of your life because you're paying, everybody following me. That's what was happening in Joshua chapter 9. But then along comes a group of people, along comes a group of people and they, they're of the, the ites. There's Jebusites, Hittites, Hivites, there's all these ites. And one of the ites come along and they trick Joshua into making a covenant. And listen, the people of Israel had to deal with that for centuries. Why? Because Joshua didn't back up long enough to ask God for direction. Everybody say directions. So when you get still, one of the most, number one this morning, if you're taking notes, when you get still and you're listening to God, the number one first thing he's going to do, he's going to give you directions. 
How many in here don't like following directions? Me either. Leah can attest to this. Years ago, we used to have to travel all over the southeast United States. We were recruiting teams for missions in Mexico City and in Egypt. When we weren't on the field for several months out of the year, we'd go for four and five months in the summertime and lead the teams, and we'd go for a couple months in the winter. So when we were home, part of our ministry was speaking at churches just like this, and we would come in and we would get groups and teams to go down and serve on the mission field. It was a kind of a, a home-based ministry, but also a missions ministry that we were doing. We used to drive all over the southeast United States, and probably what saved her and I's marriage because I would never stop and ask for directions. How many remember MapQuest? Come on. Anybody in here, you got to print that thing out? That thing's hard to, fo- it's hard to follow. How many thank God for GPS? Come on. Yes. Leah was skeptical. She can tell you this. She was skeptical because I was always trying to talk her into the newest technology that existed. I said, Leah, we really need one. I'm not sure about that. We loved it. We used to just punch in, like, food near us and go to a random restaurant, and usually they were the best hole-in-the-wall places that you could eat at. We loved that thing. But listen, we oftentimes don't like to ask for directions. I think probably when we get still and we're listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, I think a reason we don't like the directions is we don't like what they're going to be. Here's another reason, I think. This is just me. Here's another reason. We don't understand it. Can I tell you, sometimes you're not going to understand why, what God is telling you in that moment, but if it's scriptural, listen to me, if it's in the word of God, then you follow it anyway, even though you don't know what's on the other side. The people were standing at a place where the enemy's coming in behind and God said, go across on dry ground. He splits the Red Sea. They cross on dry ground. What was the purpose of this? Because they got on the other side and they stood still like Moses had said would happen. They stood still and watched the, the, the Lord bring down their enemy. They would see him, them no more forever. Can I tell you what God is doing in some of your life? He's giving you direction because he has a great victory for you, but you've got to get still long enough and dis- disconnect long enough to hear what God is saying. Move here, go here, cross here, obey this, do this, don't do that. That all comes from relationship with him. But some of you haven't heard the direction of the Lord in quite a while. Why? Because you haven't gotten still. We love to be busy. We love to be moving. We love to have noise. We love to have all these things. I'll never forget years ago. This was years ago. I knew a young man. He was younger than I was, but he was in ministry. And this guy was just a prayer. I mean, he loved to pray. He woke up praying and he went to bed praying. If he invited you to a prayer meeting, you went because you knew it was going to be a good prayer meeting. This this guy was just always praying. He was a real prayer warrior. I appreciated that about him. But I got to, got to know him long enough in ministry to see him make some really bad decisions. In other words, I didn't see a lot of wisdom in operation in his life because I saw bad decision, bad ministry decision after bad ministry decision to bad ministry decision. I finally asked myself one time, I said, Lord, why are all these bad decisions? And I felt like I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. He says he's really good at talking but he's not good at listening. Do I have anybody else that's really good at talking? Me? I'm really good at telling God how things should go, 
and what I need and what I want and what I desire. Can I remind you this morning of the word of God simply says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Number one this morning, when you get still before the Lord, the number one thing, and not, not, in, a, not in a list of more important, all these that I'm going to talk about this morning are important when you get still with God. But number one this morning is he's going to give you direction. How many feel like you need direction from the Lord in the stage of life that you're in? I tell you what, just keep your hand up right there. Everybody bow your head. Anyone plan on doing this? But as I go through these, I'm just going to pray for direction. God, we still ourselves right now. Lord, in this moment, we ask you for those who have their hand raised. God, they need the direction of the Lord. They need you to lead them and guide them by what? That still small voice, Father. You're not in the fire, you're not in the earthquake, you're not in the great rushing wind, but it's that still small voice. As we tune into the frequency of the Holy Spirit, God, I pray right now, just in my mind's eye, that just like a radio gets tuned to that place where you can hear it clearly, God, tune our spiritual radios this morning, that we can receive direction of when to move forward and when to stop and be still. And God, allow you fight our battles. Lord, tune us into you. Tune us into your voice and your spirit. God, right now in this moment, give us direction. Give direction to those who have their hand up right now, Lord. We love and praise you. Everybody say direction. Let me see what number two is. So be still and wait for directions. Let me say this for those of you who may not be understanding of what I'm talking about. You might be visiting. The prophet Samuel, and you guys most all know the story, the prophet Samuel heard God speaking very clearly, but he didn't have any experience with the voice of God. In other words, when you do tune into that frequency, he, he finally, the, the priest Eli told him, listen, next time he speaks, say, speak for your servant listens. Tune into what God is saying because he wants to give us Direction number two this morning, be still and allow God to reveal his love to you. Be still and allow God to reveal his love to you. Why is this so crucial? Listen to me, church, because we gauge the love of God based upon our circumstances instead of God's word and character. I'll say it again. Why is it important to get still What I'm talking about is something much more than me up here telling you this. When you get still and you get with God and you close out everything else, I promise you God will give you a revelation of his love. He'll give you a revelation of how good he is. Be still and allow God to reveal his love in your heart. Hebrews 12 says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we must be so confident in God's love for us and it's being still it's backing up and allowing God to speak to our hearts what's he going to speak Psalm 134 verse 5 says those who look at look look to him are radiant their faces are never covered with shame Ephesians 3 14 for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul is saying you need to understand how much God loves you, but this isn't going to happen by head knowledge. This is a prayer. He is praying. And when you are still, there comes a revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation. Of God's love. Why am I trying to drill this into you as my second point? Because I understand something very important about our spiritual lives and relationships with God. Instability breeds insecurity. Instability. God wants you, what Paul is praying for them is, what, what did it say? Rooted and grounded so that when the enemy is chasing you down or you are faced ahead of you with a storm like they were in in Mark 4 that we just read, they're in a storm, everything's shaking, everything's coming apart, the rain is beating, the lightning's flashing, all these things are happening. We need to be so rooted and grounded in God's love that we don't judge God's character based upon what is going on around us, but what is going on inside of us. And no matter what is going on around you isn't the issue. Can I ask you this morning, what is going on inside you? Because even when Jesus spoke to the storm and completely calmed it from a raging uh, hurricane storm down to nothing, it still goes on to say that he turns to them and what does he begin to deal with? He deals with not the stillness now around them, You can have everything still around you, but still be in turmoil in your heart. And one of the ways we can still ourselves and just ask God to reveal his love, because God's love is the bedrock of understanding that it doesn't matter so much what I'm going through, but where I'm headed to this morning, church. And you're headed to a glorious heaven with God's presence and angels and awesomeness, and that is your destination if you're a believer in Christ. So it doesn't matter how hard and bad things get here. He has a purpose and a plan for you, which is to deliver you to the Father, spotless without wrinkle, that we can enjoy God the Father forever. That is your destiny. Philippians 1.6, being confident, again, confident, when you still yourself and you allow the Holy Spirit to pour the love of Christ into your heart through the Spirit by faith, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.19, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Catch that? We can set our hearts at rest in his presence. Can we, let's stop and just pray God reveal his love to us. Can we do that? Lift your hands right there where you are. Father, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I come with all sincerity of heart right now in this moment. Not only give us direction, but God, right now in this moment where we still ourselves. Just still ourselves, Lord. Spirit of God. There are so many in this room right now that are going through the fight of their life, going through battles. God, we stand with them right now, and I pray, Spirit of God, that you would root them and ground them in your love, that you would give us the confidence of how much you love us. Give us more than head knowledge. God, I pray it would be a revelation right now in this moment. God, that it's something that's already there, but God, you pull back the curtain and you just show your heart for your children, God. You love us. You're for us. 
you began a good work in each heart this morning. And God, we believe that you're going to complete it. You're a God of completion. You're a God of direction. And you're a God of love. Let that pour down upon each heart and upon each life in this house right now. Everybody say love. When you're still before God, he's going to not only give you direction, he's going to reveal his love. Number three, be still and ask God to change you before he ever changes the situation. When I get still with God, even having pizza grease dripping off my hands, even looking like a crazy person, right? When I get still before God, Most of the time, I want to lay out before him all the problems going on out here. But what God, when you get still before him, what he'll do is point you back what's going on in here. When we get still before God, we usually want to start to say, God, can you change my boss? God, can you change this circumstance? God, can you make my son's teachers be nicer to him? We say, God, can you do... And what God begins to point back when you get still... He'll begin to point back and he'll say, how about if I change you before I work on the circumstance? Because God is far more concerned about you and you being formed into the image. Can I tell you something this morning? God has a destiny for everybody in this room that follows him. It's to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's your debt. We love vision. We love destiny. We love dreams. We love, this is the ministry God's called me to. This is what I... This is what God's gifted me in life. We love all those things. Can I tell you something simple this morning? When you get still with God, he's probably going to begin to transform you on the inside. Conformed and transformed. It's like in Jeremiah 18, and most all know the story, but if you don't, Jeremiah 18, he takes Jeremiah down to the potter's house, and there's a lump of clay. And in that, we see that God is forming and conforming the vessel. And can I tell you something this morning? He is the master potter that's forming something in your life. And can I tell you, if you've ever watched that process play out, it is so important to understand when you get still with God, you might think it's this nice, peaceful, wonderful, goosebump feeling. I have had moments where I've gotten still before God and he lights the fire. (laughs) What is the fire that he lights? Lord, if there be anything in me that's displeasing to you, God, if I'm not following you as closely as I need to be, God, if I'm not... In other words, it's like the psalm says, search me and know my heart. We're so worried when we get still about the person that offended us at church last week or this didn't happen for me or that didn't happen for me. God is far less concerned about that than he is your heart. So when he puts the clay up on the, on the, the wheel and begins to turn it, he fo- forms it and molds it. Some of you are in the, in the place right now where God has his hands on you and he's forming you into something beautiful, but that process isn't beautiful. He takes it and he forms it, and then what do they do? They put it in the fire... And when you put something in the fire, what they're doing is checking for any air bubbles. Can I tell you, some of you are in the process of, of, of being matured in the Lord and being conformed into his image. And God has put you in some fires lately. He's doing that as a favor because he doesn't want something to fail down the road. Let me give you another analogy, especially for the men in here. When they build a house, 
they come in and they do a pressure check on the plumbing system. And they hook it up under pressure and they push pressure through the whole system. Why? Because if it's going to fail, you would rather fail back here than 10 years down the road. Are you listening to me? When you get still before God, not only is he going to give you direction, not only is he going to pour and root you and ground you in love, because when he roots you in love and grounds you in love, then he'll begin to speak to you, not about the situation, but about what's going on in your own heart. Why is that so key and so important? Why is that so important? Because God wants to work on us before he ever even fights the battle out here. It says in Exodus that we just read, they were fearful, they were anxious, they were scared. And God says, hey, move forward and then stop and be still, and I'm going to deal with the enemy that's right in front of you. Number four, be still and look for God's blessing. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. It's where I started off this morning because I know my God. He wants to bless you. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. Say say it with heart. Blessing. Blessing. You may say, Pastor, is it really right for me to pray for God's blessing? It absolutely is. Now more than ever. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. This isn't, I got a new car. I got this. I got a new house. We oftentimes as very immature, very carnal Christians think that God's blessings are tied to that. I'm not talking about that this morning. Here's the blessing of God. Let me give you a definition. It's when the empowerment of God comes upon you and you do and complete that which you could not do without God in the situation. Let me, get, let me say it again. It's when the empowerment of God comes upon you and you do and complete what you could not do without God in the situation. Our churches need to be blessed. Why? Because we need the empowerment of God to win our community. Your family needs to be blessed because you need wisdom as a parent and how to lead these knucklehead kids into a relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our families, our churches, you individually need the blessing of God because it's an empowerment and it's a favor upon your life that will attract the good things that God has for you. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10 He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Some of you have not because you ask not. Ezra 7 verse 9, for the good hand of his God was upon him. Come on, I want us to believe for that this morning. That when you get still before God, he's going to direct you. He's going to pour out his love. He is going to change you. He's going to form you. But he's also going to do this. He is going to bless you. The blessing of God is God's presence, his protection, his healing, his favor. God's blessing is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. His blessing is the reality of God in our families. We need the blessing of God. Isaac in Genesis 26 says, Isaac sowed in the land, and it says this, it was a time of famine and lack and drought. And it says Isaac reaped in the same year 100-fold blessings. Can I tell you, when I say blessed, We all do this. We all begin to get our eyes on the circumstances of the world that we live in. 
Can I tell you that the days ahead, even though they may look dark and they may look kind of, kind of like drought and like lack, can I tell you for the people of God, just like Isaac planted and reaped a hundredfold in the same year, you don't have to experience what everybody else experiences because you belong to a God that is going to come through for you. When you get still before him, listen to me, you get still before him, begin to have him put on your heart what you need to ask him for. That's direction, but it's also another level to say, God, it does, I'm not concerned about what I see in this moment. I'm concerned about knowing who you are. And I came to tell you this morning, he is a blessing God. He's good. Psalm 119, verse 68, you are good and you do good. We have a good God. When we position ourselves, when we position ourselves in obedience to his word and to what scripture tells us to do, you can ask with confidence for the blessings of God on your life. Let's ask. Let's ask for God's blessings on this church. Come on. Father, in this moment, we still ourselves, just as we've done each time, Lord. We ask for your blessings. God, we pray, we pray the prayer of Jabez this morning. God, expand our territory. I felt, I felt that. God, God's taking up some of your tent pegs. You, you, you have not understood where God is leading you because it just seems like it's wilderness and another mountain and another mountain. God says that's not what he's doing in your life. He's getting Egypt out of you, and he's showing you how you can trust him with every step of your life. God, extend our tent pegs, extend our territory, expand the blessing of God upon each life, each family, each person, God, right now here in this room. And, Father, I pray what Jabez prayed. God, keep us from pain. Keep us from grief. We know life has enough of that. But, God, you said you granted everything that he asked. God, we ask in faith right now the blessings of God, this supernatural ability of you to fight battles, the supernatural ability of you to bring healing to physical bodies right now in this room. Lift your hand if you need a healing because God's going to bless you with it right now in this moment. Our faith is released, God. Our faith, you at home who's struggling, you at home, there's somebody at home, there's somebody watching on live stream right now and you have struggled mightily in your body. I declare in Jesus' name, God, with faith that's in this house that you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. God, we still ourselves in this moment, and we just remind ourselves, God, that you are a God who is good, and you are a God who does good, Father. We thank you for your blessings. Everybody say blessed. Number five today, and finally, everybody say rest. Be still, at rest, and allow God's will to be done in you and for you. When you get still, Jesus taught us in Matthew 10, verse 7, this is what he said. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I tell you what heaven is like right now? There is no lack in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is nothing that's coming against the people of God. In heaven, I want you to believe for God that his will will be done in your life this morning as it is in heaven. 
You know what the most satisfying place that exists right now, the most joy-filled place that exists right now? It is heaven. God's will is simply a daily yielding to his way and what he has for you. It's that day. So when you get still, what you're forming and focusing on by acknowledging that he is the most important person in your life. My grandfather told me years ago, I'm planning on saying this. My grandfather told me something years ago that really stuck with me. And he was discipling me after I got saved personally. And he said, Jason, you know, if the president of the United States had a meeting with you this morning, would you have made it? I said, well, of course, I'd have been two hours early and been waiting. He said, Jason, he's the king of the universe. And listen, when we just still ourselves, not asking for anything, not crying out for anything, but just still ourselves, just to acknowledge, listen, that when we ask and invite heaven to come into the situation, can I tell you what happens? Heaven comes into the situation. God's rescue begins to come. God's, God's, God's angels begin to be released and all of the things that God does. Everybody say daily. <laughs> Have you ever found that surrendering to God's will is a daily occurrence? That's why he said daily, every single day. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. God, do in us today what you want to do. People ask me, when did you become a pastor? And I'll say this morning, when I freshly committed every day to follow God and his will. You may have made a commitment 10 years ago. Can I tell you something today? God wants you to make a fresh commitment to his way, his will, and his purposes. God's will in my life. Psalm 16, verse 6, if you'd stand this morning. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. God doesn't want to take from you. He wants to add to you. That's who he is. I'm believing that for that right now, that in all the craziness and all the difficulty and all the turmoil that we all face, all the storms and all the places we find ourselves in where it feels like we're hemmed in and the enemy's coming down on us, we all get there. I just want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning, that as you separate yourself, as you get still before him, he will begin to give you direction he will begin to establish establish you in his love. He will begin to speak to your heart. He will begin to establish heaven. He will begin to form you. He will begin to do something inside of you that is far beyond what we can do ourselves. Let's pray for this last, last one, that the, that the places for us would fall in delightful places, that heaven, let's make a fresh commitment to follow heaven and his will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take this final one and we say, God, as we still ourselves, as we be still in this moment and acknowledge you are God, let heaven come into the hearts of these people, God. Let the reality of you and your love and your direction and your stillness and your mercy and goodness and grace, let it be tangible in each heart and life right here, right now.
Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for this church that, God, we would be able to have the strength and the ability through the Holy Spirit to, Lord God, be able to be still, to be able to quiet, to be able to shut out every distraction, be able to shut out every single voice, everything else that would try to hinder or distract. God, we just stop right now and we say, you are the Lord God. You are the God who directs and heals and expands and blesses. Father, I pray today that the richest blessings of heaven would dwell upon the people of God at Christian Center Church. That God, that the people would be blessed going in and blessed going out. That they would be blessed at work and blessed in their homes. Father, I pray that in this moment that your face would turn and shine upon each one, that you would raise your countenance upon them and you would give them peace. Let that, some of you have been so in so much turmoil. God says that he's putting peace. There's peace that's in this place right now. For you at home, Let the peace of God fall right there where you are. Let the peace of God. Church, peace is a person. So Jesus, we acknowledge that as we get close to you in love and fellowship, that God, the peace, the peace, the peace, the peace. I'm planning on saying this, but listen to me before we dismiss. Listen to me. Church, I'm as guilty as this, probably more so than anybody else in this room. But when God created man as Adam and Eve, he said, you take six days, you take six days and you do everything you need to do, but keep one day holy unto the Lord. I'm telling you, this is from the Holy Spirit, and it's for me, so I'm just going to share it with you and ask God to help us all with this. We are so busy, and we are so pushed and and prodded. And listen to me, it's the world, the flesh, and the enemy that's doing this. It's not always the enemy. It's just sometimes our flesh that just wants to run. If you will commit, like I'm committing in this moment, to be still, That's a high level of faith to say, God, I got so much to do. I have so much to do today. I'm not going to do any of it and trust you. (laughs) That's faith. But it's a place that we need to get to where we say, God, we are going to disconnect. Disconnect from all this so that we can make you our priority. Listen, your life will change. It will change. Father, I bless Christian Center Church, God. May they be blessed as we're here in your presence, and may your presence go with us from here, God. May we never depart from your holy presence as you protect us, watch us, and guide us, and watch over us by your holy angels. Father, I pray for this church that they would be in health and prosper, even as their soul prospers, and that, God, you would bring us back together at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me make this announcement, and I usually follow this schedule. Tomorrow is a school holiday, so there will be no prayer meeting tomorrow night, okay? We'll pick it up next Monday, all right? Go in the name of the Lord and be very blessed.